Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. I like how I come with a warning label. I love that. It's kind of kind of wonderful. So, well, this morning, I'm, I'm kind of excited. This message that um, I'm bringing to you and sharing with you is something that happened months and months ago, and it took about three months before I was ever even able to speak it um, because the Lord just like, not now, not now, just wait. And I had more and more that I had to learn about it. And so um, first time I got to actually speak this was in, um, in July, and it was at one of the camps that I was ministering at. And, <clears throat> excuse me, this, this message, it starts, I don't know how some of you interact with God, but the way I interact with God a lot of times is I'll hear something, and then I'll ask myself a question in my mind, and then it kind of snowballs me out of control. So sometimes PG will be preaching, and he'll say something, I'll go, wait a minute. And then I rabbit trail, and I miss the rest of his message. I'm so sorry. And I'm like going somewhere. So that's what happens. My brain just kind of just goes somewhere. So, and it's, it's, it's always an adventure inside my head. But what's really cool is I was getting into this area of scripture, and this is something a lot of us have heard about. It's, we heard this popular phrase, beware of the wolf in sheep's clothing. And I was like, okay, I've heard this message for so long. So I did a little bit of research because I love looking at the natural versus the spiritual, and I love to see the correlation. Uh, scripture constantly is using natural things and showing us spiritually, and they, they line up. So what I did was I took, um, I took a little bit of time, and I studied some of these areas about the wolf. And I asked the Lord a question. I said, aren't we in a place now, like my, my time with God, I was like, aren't we in a place now as a church that we can pretty much, pretty much, not always, but pretty much identify the wolf in sheep's clothing? Like, for example, if I came to you and told you that I was a ballerina and I dressed up in tights, all y'all would know I'm not a ballerina. It would be obvious, okay? You would say, oh, okay, Pastor John, okay. So we know that there's a way to identify that a little easily. You could tell that I am not built like a ballet dancer. Oh, I know, right? I know, the church is so blind, right? So it's so important that we get this reality that, okay, the wolf in sheep's clothing, what does this really mean? So I'm thinking the church is going to be pretty good at this point of hearing somebody when they come in here, if they're speaking complete heresy, most of the church. I mean, there's some churches now, they're just like, ah, and this goes over their head. But for the most part, a spirit-filled church should be able to identify if there's a wolf in their midst, Okay, and so I'm thinking as we get going, we're starting to see it. And we're like, okay, we're getting better. Can we still be bamboozled and tricked? Sure. However, I think we're really good at that. But what I don't think we're good at is something else, and I'll get there in a minute. But here's what I want to read to you and just touch base a little bit about the wolf. So the scripture I quoted was Matthew 7, 15. It says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. And I'm... Um, I studied this. It says, do you know it's rare for a wolf to actually hunt sheep? In the natural. It's actually rare. And I was like, what? Like, did you ever see, like, like all the cartoons? What? And then I looked. It says, typically a wolf leaves sheep alone. Do you know why? Because sheep are usually around a human, a shepherd. And a wolf wants nothing to do with that. So... If there's wolves in your congregation, it's because there's a shepherding problem there. Straight up fact. This is a reality. I think this is something we miss. But I'm not going to get into too much of the wolves. But here's the other thing. A wolf in sheep's clothing. And it says this. What are the wolves afraid of? 
It's true that generally wolves are very afraid of humans. This fear is probably because wolves have been so thoroughly persecuted by humans for so long. It is rare and notable event when someone spots a wolf in the wild, even when deliberately trying. A wolf is easier to discover than what my whole topic is about today. It's easier to discover something else if we opened our eyes. But in the church, we can't see it. We could see a wolf, but you know what we don't see? We don't see goats. We're going to get into the difference between sheep and goats. See, we have, a, we have a big, big issue. Because a shepherd actually does not take care of goats. Now, my wife would argue with you because she has a goat now. It's really traumatic. I'm like, why do we have a goat? All of a sudden, there's a goat walking through my house. I'm like, put it outside. Why is it in here? But she has a goat. I was going to bring the goat on stage today, but PG probably would have had an aneurysm. So my thought was, is how do I teach you guys about sheep and goats? So I want to give you a little bit of science about this. You guys awake? Can you pay attention? I know some of us prepare more for a hurricane than church, but we can do this, right? All right. So here we go. It's okay. Everybody good? Some of you are like, oh. okay, calm down. All right. So this message is going to teach us what it means to be shepherded and that we are many times not yielding to his voice. So sheep will follow each other. Oh, that's cute. You've heard the expression, get one to go, they'll all go. This means that if one sheep will move, then the entire flock will follow. Uh, this is because of their instinct and their desire to stay together for protection. Okay, so that's kind of cool. Nice introduction, like, hey, this is what sheep do. Do you know that sheep can remember at least 50 individual sheep or humans for years? They remember them. So they're not as dumb as they appear. Like various other species, including humans, sheep make different vocalizations to communicate different emotions. They also display um, emotion by facial expression. So it's kind of like us, body language and things. So you can see in Scripture why God probably relates us to sheep so much. It's pretty interesting. And then it says sheep are known to um, self-medicate when they have some kind of illness. Hmm. Another correlation between us and sheep. So as I keep going through this, I want you to start seeing all of these things that are very similar to sheep and to us. And in a minute, we're going to go through the Bible and see how many times the Lord is revealing to us and saying we're sheep and he is the shepherd. It gets really cool. So you got to know who you are. So here we go. It says, when one sheep decides to go somewhere, the rest of the flock will follow. We talked about that. Even if it's not a good decision. For example, sheep will follow each other to slaughter. If one sheep jumps over a cliff, the others likely follow. Haven't seen that in the church before, have we? We have. It's crazy. There's something that I really thought was fascinating that I discovered. So shepherds, again, they're raising sheep, and they're raising them for a purpose. Um, and a lot of times they're to be slaughtered and have lamb and things like that. So just like, you know, you got cattle herders, you got people that do this with sheep. And with these sheep, there is a tactic that a lot of shepherds will use, and it kind of blew my mind. And they call this the Judas goat. And I was like, really? Now you got my attention. What is a Judas goat? So a Judas goat is an actual goat that they put in among the sheep, and that goat goes in among the sheep and gets to get familiar with the sheep. 
And after a little while of getting familiar with the sheep, the goat has been trained to go to a certain location to where all the sheep will hopefully follow, and they will go, and then they'll be able to be slaughtered easily. So it's an easy way to bring them where they need to go. So the Judas goat is raised by this shepherd. The Judas goat is placed among the flock. The flock gets to know who this goat is, and all of a sudden, the shepherd makes a certain type of call that only the Judas goat knows how to respond to. The Judas goat hears that call, gets the signal, whatever it is, and the Judas goat starts to walk to the pen where they'll be slaughtered. All the sheep begin to follow it. Once they all get into the pen, they close the pen, they pick up the goat, they spare its life. Good job. All the sheep are slaughtered. They take the goat, put it among more sheep. They do it again and again and again. I'm like, it's very fascinating. You know what's really scary, though, is to think that these sheep are so accustomed to the goat that it really thinks it's one of them. It can't tell the difference any, any more between if it's a sheep, if it's a goat. They don't know. They're like, okay, let's go. So that's interesting. It says the easiest way to tell the difference between a sheep and a goat is to actually look at their tails. It says one giveaway to tell is the difference at the tail position. The goat's tail is frequently held up vertically, and the sheep's tail hangs down. So proud, humble. It's pretty interesting. It says sheep and goats are often separated because sheep and goats, they actually have different needs. Hmm. It says, in the case of raising goats and sheep together, you can allow them to graze in the same pasture, but too much copper can be fatal for sheep, and sheep usually acquire necessary minerals through foraging. So in case of raising goats and sheep together, it's a good idea to separate their feed in feeding locations. See, goats have a different diet than sheep. But see, in the church, how do we tell the difference if there's goats among us and we're all feasting off the same thing? See, it's really hard to tell. Goats and sheep. It's, it's, like, it's really it's interesting. So I get into all this. So again, shepherds look after sheep, not goats. But I have a question. Are we building a church that is filled with sheep or do we have a mixture of goats and sheep among us? Now, we heard that song that Christina sang and talked to, We love it. I mean, who doesn't love reckless love? I mean, it's a great song. I know some people got upset about the word reckless and, you know, whatever. It's semantics. We can deal with that later. But when you have sheep and goats and you listen to this song and you're like, he leaves the 99 to go after the one. How many of you are excited that you were that one that he went after? Right? But what if I told you his reasoning for going after the one was his love was just as violent for the one as it was the 99? Because God, as the great shepherd, understands that we, like sheep, will go astray. And if one goes, many of us are going to start following the one. So what if going after the one was really another expression of his love for the 99 and we just missed it? Because we're so focused on the one and how great he is. Oh, he went after the one. He just neglected the 99. That's not what he's doing. He loves the 99 just as much as the one, and he knows that the 99 are subject to follow the one. He must go after the one. It's the way it works. So if we understand sheep, we start understanding why he goes after us. That's why the Bible talks about it's a great honor when you take one who's walked away from the faith and return them back. How many of us have seen that? Somebody walks away from the faith. And next thing you know, everybody else is going with them. They're drinking the same Kool-Aid with them. It's like, what are you doing? We all start going. But what happens when it's not a sheep at all? It's actually a goat. And you guys have been following a goat. 
What if some of you are actually goats and you think you're sheep? Because if I'm preaching this message and I think there's goats in the church, that means some people in this room are goats. And you have to have an incom- a complete DNA change. And that only happens by the Spirit, by being truly born again. So goat, in this case, can be changed. Spiritually, we can see a change. But what happens when the goat is proud and strong-willed and looks a lot like a sheep? It eats with the sheep. It hangs out with the sheep. It sounds like a sheep. It smells like a sheep. But it's still a goat. So here's the problem with goats and sheeps. I'm going to read you this. And by the way, this is actually science. Do you know sheep and goats will occasionally mate? Mm, that's a whole other story, you guys. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about that unequally yoked stuff. So here we go. John 10, 14. And by the way, that is not black and white. People think that's still unequally yoked. This is rabbit trail. That does not mean it's black and white people getting together. If you're still the old school, you need to understand that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. It has to do with where you are spiritually. So, all right. So John 10, 14, I'm just going to read these fast. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Woo. Do you know him? Man, that's a big one. I have a picture I want to show you. So it's a picture of these sheep going through a gate. And it might be a little blurry, but we're going to put this up there. See this? You see all those sheep funneling through this little gate? You know what's crazy is these sheep know the only way to get to the other side is to go through the gate. They are so trained and they understand so much that they go right there. But what's really crazy is that fence line that if we actually zoomed in, the fence has been removed, but they still won't break that line. They still go all the way through the gate. They could all just start walking forward, but they don't. They know there's a gate they have to go through. Because sheep know that there's a narrow gate. So here we go. John 10, 26 through 28. It says, but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. John 10, 3 through 4. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. John 21, 16, Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. This is constant. I I mean, I can go all day. John 21, 17, the third time he asked Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. See, the shepherd knew he was leaving a people behind. And he knew they needed a shepherd. And he knew that shepherds would produce more shepherds. Just like we talk about spiritual fathers producing more fathers. And mothers producing more mothers. There is a need for shepherding. We've said discipleship, but where are the shepherds still? Where are they? This is so important for us to understand. Do you know why a lot of us, we get in a big trap? And this is, this is hard because we get very frustrated with, sometimes with church in general, the American church. The Sunday morning just church. That's what we feel. Even though we're the church, it's just that, that whole process. A lot of people get sick of it. They're disillusioned. They're just done with it. And you know what they do? They go off on their own. 
Now, can they still love Jesus? Yes. But do you know there's danger when you're off by yourself? And whether we like it or not, we're meant to be together like a herd. And let me tell you, sheep, you all know this, sheep can get nasty. They can bite. I'm being honest. A lot of us don't want to be around other sheep because they're nasty. They're supposed to be good and godly, but they bite. I mean, how many of you have been bitten by another sheep in a church? Anybody? And some of you are like, yeah, I'm too scared to raise my hand. But yes. I mean, I, I have, I'm telling you, as a shepherd, and many times, I have been bit so many times that I'm like, this is so dumb. I, it's nonstop. And again, this is where we have to start thinking, what, what are we doing and who are we? And when we're biting, why? And when we're sad and we start doing things to medicate ourselves, just like sheep will do to self-medicate themselves, why are we doing this? What's really happening? Submitting ourselves to the great shepherd who is Christ, but submitting ourselves to one another. Do we actually know his voice? All my sheep know my voice. So when he says something, do you really know it? We'll see. Jesus died for his sheep. John 10, 10 through 11, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Man, that's a big deal. John 10, 15, Just as my father knows me, and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. So, now what? So let's show the picture of the sheep and the goats all together. This is what I think the American church currently looks like. And I don't think anybody can see the difference. I mean, you can tell. But spiritually, when you walk into church, can you see? It's a big difference. Because the sheep have a shepherd, the goats do not. And this isn't submit to authority speech. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about understanding who we are as sheep. Like, this is very simple for me. But you got these goats. Those goats stand out to me. They look stupid to me. I think goats are dumb looking. I mean, I know you got this little baby goat, and it's retarded. I mean, this goat is just straight up retarded. So at the same time, it's funny. I mean, the goat, I go out there, and all of a sudden the goat's standing on top of its house. I'm like, why is it on its house? It's just looking at us. It's like, nah. I'm like, so the goat's weird. The goat doesn't know who he is because all of a sudden he jumps over into the other pen where there's two chickens and he starts grazing with the chickens. See, goats will adapt and go anywhere. Sheep know the shepherd's voice. Big difference. A goat will position itself in a compromising place and all of a sudden get attacked and wonder why everybody's just so mean to it. Not a sheep. A sheep understands. Talk about getting in trouble. You know how I got in trouble? So the other day, this is a true story, you guys. I'm going to give you a little uh, commercial break for a minute. So, because <laughs> it's so funny, I have to, like, put it somewhere. So I'm FaceTiming Christina because I'm at Walmart, the neighborhood Walmart by us. And it's not ghetto. It's actually nice. But I'm at the neighborhood Walmart. And I'm going through. I walk in there, and there's, like, the self-checkout, and then there's the regular checkouts. And this is more retirement community in the villages. So, you know, everything's bougie and everybody's fancy. But what's really funny is neighborhood Walmart's normally very relaxed. You go in. You go self-checkout. Everything's good. Well, they, of course, they announced the hurricane. And there's, like, 
a thousand people in line waiting for self-checkout, other lines, like all throughout the whole store. I'm like, this is like an hour-long process. I need a fast pass to get through the checkout. I'm like, this is terrible. So I FaceTime Christina, and I'm laughing. I'm like, look at this. There's no more water here. And I'm like, everybody's freaking out. Like, we don't even know what's going on yet with this storm. Look at everybody. And you could tell. People were just like, Rrr. and I'm like, wow. You know, gas is sold out by us. And I'm like, settle down. And like things you don't think you'd be sold out of. Like, you know, I get bread. I get water. You know, whatever. Potatoes. Fruit. Things that spoil. I mean, they're just buying everything. I mean, you can't even find sardines. I mean, everything's gone. I'm like, this is crazy. So everybody's checking out. I mean, even the ice cream was sold out. I'm like, what? So I'm looking. I know, right? Everybody's like, I, I know I'm going to have power, but I got to live. So, so it's so funny. So I look at Christine. I'm like, these people are nuts. And I'm talking. There's people all around me. And I go, I go, man, I was like, imagine if I just went like, water in the back. It's available. Well, that's what I was saying to her on FaceTime. Well, all these people hear me say this. I cause a riot. Everybody just goes, whoom, and they start running to the back of the store. All the carts, they're all leaving, and I'm like, and she's like, I go, I just caused a riot. I'll call you back. So I shut the phone up. All of a sudden, all the registers are open. I just walk up, no wait, and I'm like, this is great. About 20 seconds, no, don't clap, it's bad. 20 seconds later, in the back of the store, I hear people screaming, Four-letter words, the whole, where's the water? I'm like, I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I'm like, check out. So I go to my car. I get out of there as fast as I can. I'm like, I just caused an unintentional riot at Walmart. So I started thinking, like, how we respond to the things we hear and the things we know. And I started thinking, like, how crazy is it? In the natural, we have done so much preparation for what could be coming, what we think is coming, and that it's going to be a little bit bad. We're going to live. And we prepare like nobody's business. But for an eternal perspective of preparation, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, honestly, if we, if we want to see the difference between goats and sheep, Right here is a great time. Spiritually, are you preparing the way that you naturally have just prepared for this storm? I mean, honestly, have you? We want to say we do. I got to get gas. Do you have enough oil in your lamp? I got to have food. When was the last time you read the Bible? See, it all works hand in hand. Don't tell me you're a sheep and you know his voice when you're a goat sitting on the roof trying to jump in a chicken pen because you're scared. See, there's a difference. Some of you are looking at me like they're totally scared of me. I'm serious. They're like, <laughs> I love you guys. This is good. Don't be too scared. Okay. So Matthew 25, 32 through 34. All the nations will be gathered in his presence. Guys, this is what's coming. And he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you by the creation of the world. Notice there's no mention of a wolf. Goats, sheep. Man, we're good at preaching against the enemy. But are we good against preaching about us? John 10, 7. So he explained to them, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. Man. 
You know what else is crazy about sheep? And this is funny because this was written way before the hurricane. I've always thought that worrying is a rather mild term for the effect that a barking dog can have on some things. But funny thing is, is with worrying, there is a study, I think it was over in Germany, they, they had 100 sheep. And another way to herd sheep is with dogs. And they bark and they just push them all into an area. And these sheep dogs will actually herd the sheep and they put them in an area. Well, this one shepherd was dealing with something, and I guess the dogs just kept barking, and they were all in the pen. So what happens was they kept squeezing up against the pen to get further and further away from the dogs, and they couldn't go any further. There was about 100 in this pen, and I think it was in Germany, and what happened was is all of a sudden the shepherd comes over, and he looks, all 100 sheep dropped dead. He lost all of them. Fear. They all had a heart attack. Again, we're sheep. We're not meant to deal with fear. We're meant to be safe under the loving arms of a shepherd. You know what else will destroy a sheep? If you treat it like a donkey. It's not a load-bearing animal. You weren't meant to carry things. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. A lot of you are carrying things on you right now that are literally destroying you and breaking you. And you're not going to live much longer. Spiritually, it's crippling you. You're not a load-bearing animal. A lot of you are trying to carry stuff on your own shoulders because you think you can. This is all part of it. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, it even says that sheep will actually abort their babies because of fear. It's crazy. The biggest thing that we have to understand is if, if we get the picture of who we are as sheep, and we know his voice, we start to understand who we are. When we start to understand who we are, we start to understand our position. And when we understand our position, we realize that we're seated in heavenly places. When we realize that we're in a better place and we're in a better position, then we're not scared and we're confident. But see, here's the thing. We're having fun and I'm being silly with you guys. But when it comes down to it, we actually have an epidemic in the American church. And this is something we need to consider. When you walk into a service, what position are you in and who are you when you come here? When you're out in your job. You know, here, you can graze and pretend. I mean, it's pretty easy. You can fake it pretty simply. But if I go out to your job and maybe you have your job, you're the boss, how do your employees look at you? Maybe you, you work for someone, how does your boss look at you? When you go home, better yet, how does your family look at you? Would they identify you as a sheep knowing the shepherd's voice? Or do you just let it all hang down and you take off your costume and you're really just a goat sitting there screaming? Let's be honest. Some of you in your home is completely different than the way you are here. Okay. Well, let's fix that. Let's actually get saved. I know this sounds silly, but it comes down to foundations. What if the great falling away is really you thinking you were a sheep the whole time and you're a goat? And all you did was spend so much time around sheep that everything was fine for you, but you were really lost. This is dangerous. This is what bothers me more than the wolf. What are we doing? What now? So I'm going to have worship team come up. So what are we going to do with this? 
You're like, man, this guy's crazy. He talks all these weird, crazy stuff, and what is he saying? He quoted a bunch of scripture. What is going on? Here's the reality. I know most of us, our brains aren't fully engaged today because there's something called a storm. I mean, everybody gets somewhat hyped. But what if we know the meteorologist's voice and forecast so well, but yet we still really don't know his? Jesus' voice is so much more important. He actually is going to tell us a little bit more about the storm than even the meteorologist will. You know, I'm like, I could care less, honestly. I'm just praying protection for my family. Destroy everything. I have insurance for my house. I'll build it all brand new. Praise the Lord. Okay? Amen. Right, you're with me. I get it. <laughs> need a new roof. Come on, Jesus. Like, I don't care. I just need the Lord to protect my family and my animals. We got this, okay? Now, do I have compassion on those who will be suffering greatly? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I am not downplaying the severity of what's coming, but I am also going to be very clear to not downplay the severity of eternity. This eternal thought, I mean, PG's been preaching to have eternal perspective. He's been preaching this, and here we are talking about the sheeps and the goats, and there's going to be a dividing moment. And what if I told you in this room today that maybe 40% of us are goats for sure? Most of us would say it's not me. But what's more important? Your pride saying it might not be you or bowing yourself in humility and saying it could be me because I got a lot of goat qualities. It's all in a position. Do you just want to stand up and get out of here? Or are you really here to remember who you are? Because let me tell you, there's qualities in me that I'm like, man, I... Man, I feel like a goat in this area. I want to fix this now. And then I start just giving that back to the Lord. I'm so sorry. I believe in here, if we're honest, some of us in every aspect of our life, if we examine it, whether relationships, marriages, children, work, church, whatever it is, privacy of your own home by yourself, you can relate more to the goat. But um, Zach, can you put that picture back up one more time with the um, sheep going through the gate? I know that you could just walk. There's no fence anymore. But the point is, is as annoying as it is, there's a proper way to go. He is that gate. And it is narrow. And it is hard to get into that gate. Just like me trying to go through that checkout line. I don't want to cause a mass exodus, but I want to make sure we're checking out and getting through the right spots, okay? You still got to check out, all right? But checking in first, okay? So here's my, here's my thing. I want you to do this with me. I want you to stand up, and here's what I want. I want you to actually not let your mind go somewhere else. I know this is the hardest part. Because when you stand up, you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And I get it. It's like it's signaling the end of service. I get it. Just relax for just a few more minutes. This morning, I have a challenge for you. And I don't always do an altar call, but this morning I'm going to do one. I'm wondering if there's some people who say, I've had a lot of goat in me. And I need to get myself back in alignment. And I need to bow myself and humble myself again. And I want to be 
a sheep that actually has a shepherd that submits itself and knows his voice that finds the narrow way and pursues it that understands it has to feast on a different diet than the rest of the goats do and I might feel different but I'm gonna go so if this is you what I'd like to do is I'd like to actually have a time of prayer up here with with all of you that be willing to do this and so I'm not gonna say another thing if this is you come on up here right to the front and say this is just me I've been there yeah come on let's do it and let's go together let's let's get this right you know what's beautiful about this is now all of a sudden you're realizing your position in the flock again. You're like, yes, this is who I am. This is what I was meant to be. I'm renouncing this goat. The other thing I think is so fascinating when you hear about things and you look at things in the satanic world and all the things going on, how many times is Satan looking like a goat in drawings and Baphomet and all these pictures? Is that not just fascinating a little bit to you? and that Jesus is the one compared to being a lamb? Is it not at all just kind of like, what? Let it sink in. So welcome, well, honestly welcome, and, and we're glad you're up here. We're, you know, nobody's thinking anything different. Nobody's, it's great, you're here. You were able to get that tail just enough and you say, I'm doing this. So I'm gonna ask for our PG, any of our leaders that we can have to come up here and I wanna pray, and what I want you to do is I actually want you to verbally recommit yourself back to the Lord in every area that's maybe been compromised. Maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's something. But I want you to make it clear. And I want you to do it right now. And there's still more, just but focus. Just focus in on this and just do it. But here's the difference. This time, you gotta do something different than you did the last time. Some of us have maybe done this a couple of times. Here's what we gotta do. Follow the rules. One, keep yourself among the flock. Submit yourself to the shepherd. Okay? And don't bite people when you're having a hard time. Because some of these jokers out here, they're just like one inch away from biting you back still. They're walking out their salvation still. They're learning as well. Okay? All right? And some of them sometimes like, I could be a go for five seconds. <laughs> you know, they're like, I got you. Calm down. Just do this. So everybody, I want you guys just to close your eyes and just pray with me for a minute for these. And then all the ones that could pray, leaders, come on up here and face them. So Father, I thank you that this morning we are seeing an actual transformation. And we're seeing those who would possibly be considered goats and being separated to the left and saying that they would not be in eternity with you coming back with repentance and saying, I must have you, Jesus, and I need you to transform who I really am. Father, I ask that you would change the very makeup spiritually in the DNA of these people that are here. Father, I ask that you would change their appetite for the things that they have been feasting on, that they would have a hunger for what sheep are meant to eat. So Holy Spirit, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for prompting the hearts in this room to do something. Now direct them and guide them as we pray and break through this in Jesus' name. Amen. And all of you, just come on forward. We're going to pray. Lay hands on you. Come on. Come closer. Don't be scared. Come on. Come on. All of you guys, come on up. We want to pray for you. Be good.
Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.